Deep in the woods, once inhabited by a fey king, there lies a powerful black cauldron spoken of only in legend. The stories say that the cauldron lies discarded and forgotten amidst the abandoned halls of the king's ruined castle. It is split open by a crack along its magic-imbued iron, and on that fateful day when the great cauldron fell and broke apart, a horrible curse spilled out from its depths. It covered the forest in a haunting, inexplicable magic that unleashed a growing terror upon the forest. For now, instead of the magical fay of legend, the woods are now inhabited by the listless, wandering corpses of the risen dead, called the Bone Houses. And thank you for joining us on another episode of Pages and Pores. I'm Hogan the Bookworm. And I'm Ben the Barista. Yeah, and today we're going to be talking about the book The Bone Houses. Another episode. Yeah, by Emily Lloyd Jones. Yeah, I'm <laughs> excited to... to hear about this one. The title sounds really, really intriguing. Yeah, and the cover is really, really pretty too. I don't know if any of you have heard of this book, but I had been seeing quite a few people read it. And I, I mean, as soon as I saw the cover, I was like, I just want to read it because of that. It's a really nice. pretty cover. Sweet. This is what the cover looks like. Oh, yeah. Dang. That's Isn't that neat. It's, like yeah, that. it's really, really cool. So this is, it's a YA, so it's a young adult. It kind of falls into the category of horror, I guess. Oh. But it's not really, I wouldn't classify it as horror. It's more fantasy. I mean, very much fantasy. I mean, yeah. you know, because it... Uh, there's mention of Fae and everything like that and it, like, fair folk or whatever. And it's not really scary as much as just hauntingly beautiful in some parts. Okay. Interesting approach for a young adult to devil in... Devil. Is that a word? <laughs> to dabble. dabble, yes, in uh, horror yeah. arenas. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And this... Okay, so this is really cool because, you know, as the title is uh so says uh, bone houses mm -hmm. and like i said in my little intro in the beginning it is reanimated corpses <laughs> which okay. sounds a lot creepier than what it actually is in the book technically i guess they're kind of like zombies but you never get a zombie vibe at least okay. i didn't are they like friendly style zombie like corpse bride kind of a thing um I mean, not really. They're, I don't know. They're just kind of there. There are some more menacing ones. There's, you know, there's dead people wandering around. Okay. Like, typical, I don't know. Uh, typical fantasy. Yeah. Horror <laughs> stuff. It's definitely, it didn't have a zombie feel. It didn't have like that weird type of creepy, lurching, grasping, dead person vibe. That's good. Yeah. No it one was, wants unnecessary <laughs> lurching yeah. or grasping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was more just like, uh, you know. A lot of them were skeletons because they had been dead for a while. Yes. And I mean, some were not skeletons. <laughs> okay. So there's some <laughs> there's a variety. parts still clinging on. Yeah. Hanging on there. Um, nice. But, cool. you know, it definitely, it felt more fantasy-esque to me. Yes. And what I really enjoyed about it was it had Welsh undertones. 
Really? Yes. Okay. So a lot of the places, the names, even the legends. So it's very That's legend cool. so based. So there's some some folklore mm-hmm. intertwined. And it was really neat. Into yeah. The fantasy and yeah. horror. That's cool. I really like that. Props. Yeah. Kudos to that author. Totally for going like a unique yeah. route because you don't really have a lot of Welsh inspired stories. No. That's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So Good before deal. we get fully into it though. What do you have today, coffee-wise? Okay, so today, instead of drinking a coffee, we're going to talk about a very important piece of coffee equipment. And what better piece of coffee equipment to talk about since, you know, we're talking about bones and mm-hmm. hard things being crushed and brittle. that kind of stuff, <laughs> brittle. Uh, what better piece of equipment to talk about than coffee grinders? Yeah. So for those of you that are home baristas that already have your own like setup and all that stuff, um, cool. Good for you. Um, this is a little (laughs) bit more geared towards those who are not home baristas, but who maybe want a coffee setup at home and they're like, I don't really know what to get. Yeah, I have no idea where to start. What grinder do I get? A grinder's a grinder, right? It, you throw coffee in it, it grounds it up and then you brew it, right? Yes, technically. Mm -hmm. But... Depending on the type of grinder that you get, it will determine the outcome. And obviously the outcome is to get the best possible thing you can at home, which is, you know, that's what we're all striving to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're going to talk about the different types of grinders. I'm going to tell you what I have and what I use at home and then some, some tips on how to take care of your grinder and stuff like that. So the most common types of grinders for home use, there are four different types, basically. So the first type is kind of like base level grinder. This, These are the blade grinders. So when you go into like Walmart or I don't know, does anyone still have Kmart around? Uh-huh. I don't know. But we don't. Uh, Target, you know, when you go in and you see those like smaller cheaper $20 grinders you know Krupp's brand is a really popular one Mr. Coffee I think Black and Decker may have some style of blade oh, grinders weird. Um, but these are the grinders that have the little spinning blades some of them you put your coffee in and then you press down on the chamber and pressing down automatically starts the blade spinning and then when you release it it mm-hmm. stops spinning I had one of those when I first Started trying to brew coffee at home. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know the difference between blades and all that stuff. So um, those are kind of like very, very basic. You can get decent coffee out of it. You will have to really, really play with it to figure out how long to grind and how long to, to go, you know. Also, if you're not like weighing out your coffee and you're just throwing coffee in there and grinding it and hoping for the best, that's going to be kind of difficult. You're going to have to do several things to kind of figure out what you really want for your coffee, depending on how you're brewing it and all that kind of stuff. The blade grinders are not, they're, they're, they're decent. They're like, if you're just wanting to brew coffee and you throw it in there and you've got a system worked out, cool. You can get some decent stuff out of that. They're not really going to grind very well. They're more like tearing Mm -hmm. or, or ripping basically. So these blades start spinning. They kind of just shred everything, rip, tear, smash. Um, there's not a whole lot of control there. I'm just, I'm just thinking of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets when he's hearing the basilisk through the, through the pipe. Oh, and you're like, rip, tear, smash, rip, tear, smash, and I'm like, kill, kill, kill. <laughs> kill. 
Anyway, I doubt continue. the basilisk was a coffee drinker. Yeah, probably not. That's why he's so angry. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> moving on. Blade grinders. That's that's what you're looking at there. Mm-hmm. If you have a blade grinder, awesome. You know, you can still work out a system to make some decent coffee. If you want to have something that's a little more control or gets you a little more involved in the process, there are better options, obviously. That's kind of like the base level, entry level. The next popular style of grinder are the hand grinders. Now, these are a little bit, uh, you can get a a much better consistency with a hand grinder um, because you are in control of the process. So depending on kind of the price point, And, you know, kind of the design, you can get very basic hand grinders to very high-end hand grinders. And when it comes to grinders, especially price, you definitely get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, hand grinders can go anywhere from $20 to $40 up to $200, $300, depending on kind of what you're looking at and how much precision control you want, how many adjustments you want find a course adjustments, um, you know, size of coffee chamber that you can add coffee to. There are all those things play a factor there. You can get a higher end setup on a, a hand grinder for less than going to buy, you know, an electric grinder or something if it's a higher end grinder. The difference is you are doing all the work. Mm-hmm. So if you get a hand grinder, it's up to you to turn and grind and set and play around. Again, if you are grinding with hand grinders, you are going to want to be dosing your coffee. So you're going to want to measure your coffee and then you want to grind your exact measurement. You don't want to really wing it. Um, you can, but hand grinders are going to have a limited amount of space, obviously, because they're small and compact. So this is kind of stepping into refining your homebrew process. You're going to start playing around with stuff. You're going to play with your grind settings. You're going to brew several batches to see what you like and what you don't like. So hand grinders are a great step into that process. Also, hand grinders are portable, so mm. they're very easy to take with you if you're traveling a lot That's nice. and you want something small, but you can still have good control and precision. Probably the most popular hand grinder I've heard is the Commandante. Uh, I've never used one, but this is kind of the higher end of hand grinders. And depending on where you're getting it, you're probably looking at two to $300 for a Commandante hand grinder. Um, so that may not be the, the right thing for you if you're just looking to make a quick cup in the morning. But if you want to start exploring and getting into dialing in your homebrew process and you don't want to get into something that's bulky and you have to plug into the wall, a hand grinder might be a really cool place for you to go. So the next style of grinder is the conical burr grinder. And the conical burr is more of a cone shape and similar to like a drill or something like those Mm. big drills that drill in the earth and stuff. It Mm -hmm. looks kind of like that. Conical burr grinders will, depending on, you know, price point and all that kind of stuff too, the way they're made, the the options, features they have, the motor that that is built into them, power, size, all that kind of stuff. You can start getting into precision grinding. So conical burr grinders will allow you a lot more precision control, a lot more settings, a lot more dosing options, all those kind of things. So when you get into uh, looking at conicals, then you're going to see different price points. You're going to see all different styles 
uh, and brands. Um, you're going to see things from, you know, $40 up to, you know, $500, $600, depending on the settings you want, the size motor, all that kind of stuff. Conicals are a great way to get very consistent grinds, find a lot of different options, a lot of really good higher end brands out there. Or if you want to get a lower end conical burr grinder, it's definitely still going to be better than blades and you're still going to have good control. You may not have as many settings on a lower end conical grinder, but uh, you're still going to get, you know, you're still going to be able to get very consistent grind coarseness out of that or, or fineness, however you want to do it. So, and then the next style of grinder is the flat burr. So flat burr grinders are basically two discs that spin and uh, grind coffee together by spinning basically. So the flat burr grinders again are getting into precision. You're getting into adjustments that you can tweak to very fine coarse minimal adjustments, immediate results from those adjustments, typically some grinders, depending on the price point and all that kind of stuff, you know, you might not, you might see some variance in the results, but usually with the flat burr grinders, you make uh, a change to your grind setting or your grind uh, coarseness or fineness, and you'll see results pretty instantly from that. Flat burr grinders are going to be anywhere from, depending on the on the brand and size and the way they're made, some flat burrs are metal, some flat are, are plastic, some, you know, you can find ceramic and all that kind of stuff. So you can find flat burr grinders anywhere from $100 to $600. And if you get into higher end grinders, you'll get into thousands of dollars and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you can do that with conicals too. Conical grinders will go into that depth and higher end style as well. Those are the, the main styles of grinders for home grinding especially. And then you get into the commercial grinders that you see in your local coffee house and that kind of stuff. When you get into commercial grinders, then you're looking at, you know, thousands of dollars. Uh, you're going to start anywhere from $600 up to three, four, five thousand $5,000, depending on the brand and all that kind of stuff. So conical burrs, flat burrs, those are going to be the better options. Uh, the hand grinders, of course, are great too, but if you don't want to do the extra work, that may not be the best decision for you. Um, the grinder that I have is a flat burr grinder. I have a lower end flat burr grinder. The burrs that I have on my grinder are plastic, so it's not going to be super high precision, but I still get really good consistency from it. And mine is actually a Cuisinart, Cuisinart, however you want to say that. But uh, it's a Cuisinart grinder, and I think I got it for about 50 bucks. Yeah, so that kind of tells right. you the price point and the quality on it. I do get some decent setting options. I don't have a whole lot of refinement on it, but I don't really need it because most of the time I'm using, you know, like brewed coffee or v60 and i have a good enough variation to get decent pours out of it so you can find those on amazon uh you can find them i think you might be able to find them at target maybe so it, they're a good enough quality that they'll give you a decent grind but they're a well-known enough brand that they're available pretty much everywhere um if you have a grinder at home here are some tips that will help you in consistency Clean your grinder often. Clean it after each use. If you're going to grind and brew coffee, grind it and then clean it. Don't let it sit very long. You don't want old coffee grounds to sit 
in there because the oils and residue are going to sit and they're going to taint the next batch that you put in to grind if you don't clean it out. So clean your grinder very, very consistently. That will really help ensure the quality and the freshness of the ground coffee coming out. Another good tip that most people don't think of don't grind if you if you are wanting to get good consistent flavor and you know a good consistent grind out of your grinder don't grind coffee and then turn around and grind those flavored coffee beans i don't know if you've ever seen like you go to walmart or something or a local grocery store and they'll have like uh, a coffee bean it's a whole bean but it's like hazelnut flavor or French vanilla flavor, mm -hmm. most of the time those are chemically treated flavors added to the bean yeah. to give it an enhanced sweetness. When Which you, is just crazy. It is crazy. And when you throw a bean with a chemical sweetener added to it, mm -hmm. that, that residue ends up in your grinder. So whatever you grind after that mm -hmm. is going to taste yeah, like true. that. So if you throw a hazelnut French vanilla coffee bean in there, and that's not a flavor note. That's a flavor added. And then after that, you try to grind a single origin coffee, you know, it's going to come out with those chemicals added to it and it's going to affect the flavor of that coffee. So if you do that, make sure you clean your grinder very thoroughly. Don't let that stuff sit in there. Otherwise, it's going to affect the taste of all the coffee you grind after that. So incidentally, when you have chemically flavored coffee beans, like commercially, Mm -hmm. For like Folgers or Maxwell House or all those, you know, higher commercial canned coffees. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think is the most common flavor that's actually used to chemically enhance the flavor of a coffee bean? Yeah, guys, just guess. Yeah. What do you think? Some I When I heard this, I guessed hazelnut. I was very, very wrong. The most common chemical flavor used on commercial coffee beans like that to enhance their flavor is coffee flavor. Mm -hmm. Most of those commercial coffee beans, those mass-produced Folgers coffee beans, they're being chemically treated with coffee flavor to enhance their coffee flavor. Yeah. <laughs> which is absolutely bizarre to me. You might as well be like using, using sawdust right. with coffee flavor and they added might. to it. And they could be. <laughs> we would we never don't know. know. <laughs> Folders, please don't sue us. We don't know. We, we're just <laughs> we're just talking. So, um, my suggestion would be to look for either a conical or a flat burr grinder, something in a price point that is good for you, but something that's also going to allow you the chance to play around, try some different things, find what you like, and be very consistent. Mm -hmm. um, hand grinders are cool. Uh, we talked about the Commandante. You can find decent hand grinders. Um, that's kind of up to you, depending on how involved in the process you really, really want to be. For home grinders, of course, you can go to Amazon. I got my grinder, I think, off Amazon. It was like $50. You know, there are other websites devoted to coffee equipment. Uh, one really popular website I go to a lot is primacoffee.com, uh, P-R-I-M-A-coffee.com. Uh, they have a lot of commercial stuff on there. But they also do have some home barista stuff as well. You can go and you can even Google this stuff. You'll find tons of sites out there. So do some research. Have some fun. Probably the two most popular styles of grinders that I'm hearing about. Most baristas that I know that have home grinders have Barazza grinders. The Virtuoso is kind of the higher end Barazza grinder. And then you have the Encore, which has 
just the same capabilities as the Virtuoso and it's a lower price point. So I don't have one of those. I would love an Encore, but you know, what I've got works mm -hmm. and it works really well. Yeah, so I've used Encores before. I've not used Virtuosos. But uh, those are going to be a little bit more into the, you know, higher ends home barista game. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's just a little insight for you on coffee grinders. Yeah. So now that we've talked about our coffee equipment and tips, Hogan, tell us about what this book is. Yeah. I'm excited to hear about this. Yeah. So for this one, I didn't really write a review on it. I wanted to more just kind of talk about it. Just just my cool. thoughts on it and yeah. stuff. It was really interesting because, yeah, uh, it definitely kind of fell within some light horror. Hor okay. Horror. Horror. I always feel like I say that word weird. Um, horror. But, uh, and it, really, it was more just atmospheric. It mm. was hauntingly beautiful at times. Perfect. It ended up being more emotional than I really uh, anticipated. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a quote here mm. to kind of sum up uh, the main character. Our main character's name is Rin, and she is a grave digger. Okay, she very fitting profession yeah. for this. And, you know, it's set during like a <laughs> medieval time period or whatever in a fictional land, but right. it's very Welsh inspired. She lives in this town um, on the edge of this forest that legend has it, you know, used to be inhabited by Fae. There was a Fae king that came and brought his people to this, uh, to the mountainside in this forest. And he had a castle and all these things, but I mean, they've been gone forever. And so they're just kind of things of legend. But uh, she lives on the edge of this forest. She's a grave digger. She lives with her brother and sister. Her parents have both died, which, I mean, that's typical for YA. But, you know. Mm. And she has a pretty rough life because she and her siblings are really trying to figure out how they can keep living in their house now that their parents are gone and they don't have anyone you know they're yeah. not fully of age she's the eldest and she's only 17 oh, and she's trying to take care of her siblings but the issue is that it's hard to keep a job as a grave digger when all of the dead people start coming back to when life they're not dead <laughs> And it's kind of a threat to the village, you know. But uh, here's a quote. She was half a wild creature that loved a graveyard, the first taste of the misty night air, and the heft of a shovel. She knew how things died. And in her darkest moments, she feared that she did not know how to live. Beautiful. And so, yeah, like, there, there's some really beautiful... This seems like the type of horror that's more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Oh, than, yeah. It's not psychological. It was it's very not enjoyable. That, yeah. Like, it's the type that, the same the same kind of feeling you get when, a, like, a classic horror movie comes on TV. Mm -hmm. You kind of sit back and settle in. You're like, oh, yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. It, very that, atmospheric. That's totally how I get that. Kind of chilling in parts. And the way that the author describes the bone houses, which, again, are the corpses that walk throughout the forest and surrounding area the way the author describes them is scary uh you know in detail and stuff mm -hmm. but you're not really scared of them yeah. it's more just they're there and they do really add to the story 
But nothing is terrifying. It's more just this, why is this happening? Yeah. Because, you know, Ren has grown up near this forest. And when her father was still alive, he would go into the forest. He was a grave digger also. And he would go into the forest and... Uh, she followed him when she was younger, and that's when she first realized that there were dead people walking in the forest. And her dad taught her, they're fine. They can't come out of the forest. They won't hurt you. You know, you just need to know how to protect yourself when you're in the trees, when you're mm -hmm. in the woods. Well, recently, now that she's older, her father's not alive anymore. She's very used to seeing the bone houses in the forest because she goes into the forest to forage for food and stuff. Not not many people were there, will go into the forest because yeah. it's just like a, it's a darker kind of wood. Well, and that's freaking And people are suspicious. Well, dead people not everyone believes around. that there are the dead people, that there are the bone houses. They think that she's kind of crazy. They oh, don't, so they can't see them? Well, it's not that they don't see them. They just don't go into the forest. Oh, okay. Because there's all kinds of legends and people are suspicious. And... I don't know, dude. If I heard, if someone told me, bro, the forest is full of dead people right. walking around, I'm I'm probably going to go, go check try it out. It, yeah. I'm going to go like climb a tree. <laughs> no, everyone's just like whatever. Sit stupid, up there with a telescope know? and yeah. be like, bro, I'm going to see some dead people. The thing is, though, as the book starts, the change is that now they're starting, she has starting to see dead people outside of the forest. Which is not mm. typical. And so something... They're evolving. Yeah, something has set off this change. So it's kind of, you know, how the story is starting. She's trying to figure out why the bone houses aren't staying inside the wood anymore. Mm. And they're coming out. Mm -hmm. And what is their incentive? Why, why are they coming out? And so she carries around an axe because she is trying to keep them away. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she, when she sees a bone house, she just hacks it to pieces. And the Dude. thing is, they only come alive at night. Of course. And so as day comes, you know, they just fall to the ground or whatever. But then they can pick themselves right back up at night. Do they like crawl back into their graves? No, they're... To sleep? No, the thing is, the corpses that are alive, that are coming back alive are coming out of the forest. So it's not people that have been buried. It's people that have died in the forest oh, that, okay. you know, and so like travelers, people that, you know, maybe died on the road. Dude, that would be creepy if you had a friend or a family member that mm -hmm. went into the forest and then died and you never saw them again. And then later uh, you, know, you saw them walking around as a dead person. That may or may not happen in the book. Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this was an enjoyable book for sure. Again, it was YA, so it fell within some of the more um, predictable mm -hmm. twists and turns. Sounds like it's part poetry, part popcorn. Yeah, it's definitely popcorn because it was just okay. enjoyable. Like, I mean, there were some definitely beautiful moments in the prose. And, I mean, I enjoyed the characters. There just wasn't um, as much depth or yeah. uh, progression as there could have been just because it was like, what, a 300-page book? So, oh, yeah, you okay. know. So so you would recommend – so who would you recommend this book for? Like, Oh, you know, I would recommend it to people who want something unique, who want a unique take mm -hmm. on slightly chilling imagery, yeah. atmospheric, Welsh-inspired again. Yeah, moody. I mean, if you're loving that medieval – and it is a journey type of story too. Is it kind so, of like gothic? Uh, no. Not quite. 
No, it wouldn't really fall into gothic. I mean, okay. it's kind of like just a unique twist on zombies, I guess. But again, I wouldn't really, I didn't really think of them as zombies, but I guess technically mm -hmm. that's what they were. But, you know, like as she goes on through the book, she realizes that, you know, the bone houses aren't really what she took them for, which was she was just thinking of them as just dead bodies that needed to be hacked up and mm -hmm. and and burnt but like as we go through the story and as she finds out more about like why the bone houses are coming back like you know at one point she she meets up with this young man who's not really from the area he has like a backstory that you don't really know the full of it until later mm -hmm. on in the book yeah but um anyway he comes to this area he's a young map maker and they fall in together because he wants to explore the area and she's the only one that will go into the forest and she's the only one that knows the forest. So he pays her to show her the area because he says he wants to make a map of the unexplored areas. And so they go on this little journey together into the woods to explore, you know, the place of legend where the Fae used to live and stuff. And they encounter at one point when they're not very far into the forest. They encounter this small village. Mm. There are people living in the forest. She didn't know this. There are people in a little village purposely living in this forest they're not where the bone people. houses live. No, they're, they're alive really? people. They have chosen to live there. They quickly find out they live there among the bone houses, among the dead people. That's creepy. On purpose. Because, and this is like, this is an underlying part of the story loss is very prevalent because mm. you know Ren has lost her parents yeah and i think that all of us that have lost loved ones you have the thought of if they could come back however that looked yeah wouldn't you want that it's almost like just to see them again so i wouldn't really care how can i you, saw them you know can you imagine why people would live in the forest totally because if they could have their loved ones there mm. with them so, you know, that's a part of the story. Things start getting kind of more emotional and real there. Yeah. And she starts realizing, okay, these bone houses aren't horrible like I was. They don't, they don't have to be. They don't have to be monsters. Some of them might be because maybe they were horrible people before they died. But that's not always the case. So, well, you know. that's sad as crap. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. Think about all the people that she freaking chopped and, up. And that's what she kind of had to, to realize, you know. And so, you know, there's there's a lot to it. There's a there's some underlying things. There's there's some humor. There's some small little romance that is kind of just on the side. Yeah. And one part that's really funny, which I won't like fully ruin it if you want to read the book. I definitely want you guys to read the book because it was fun. Cool. It sounds fun. Yeah. I, I gave it like three and a half stars because it's like it was enjoyable. Uh, I wish it uh, maybe wasn't as predictable. But it was enjoyable. Yeah. It was like, oh, this is a nice read. But anyway, there was one part that was like really funny because they have uh, like Rin and her siblings, they have a family goat and the goat is very protective. And the goat is like, you know, no one comes on my land and she she runs people off their land and stuff like that. Well, when the bone houses start coming out of the forest, there are some that are soldiers. So they're these dead sh soldiers and they start attacking people in the village. Anyway, mm. like... Some events happen, and um, I won't say it, but the goat gets involved okay. in the story, okay? And so the rest of the book, there is this goat <laughs> that is uh -huh. like the, its own little mini character. 
That's awesome. And that was really enjoyable. That sounds fun. So I, I say go read the book so you can know how the goat is involved because I thought it was awesome. <laughs> um, sounds like it needs to be like a, a Netflix series or something. It would be really cute, you know, because it, yeah. was, it was unique and it was beautiful and it was moody. Or like an animated series. That would, It like would be really cute like, as that. Uh, yeah. Like Over the Garden Wall. Yeah. Something kind of moody or kinda, artistic. Kind of that vibe. I could totally see that kinda based that off vibe. what you're talking about yeah totally totally that vibe you know like in over the garden wall we're in that they're in that one village and it's the people with the pumpkin heads yes and they're kind of creepy but then you realize oh they're not creepy i remember when you first started watching that show and i was like Mm -hmm. what is this this is ridiculous it's a (laughs) kid show and then i actually sat down and watched it with you and i was like i love this i love that show i I didn't watch it the first time i just watched you You watching it i would see you watching it i'd be like this looks dumb what well Ben. But then I went and watched it with you. In real life. And I was like, actually, I freaking love it's this show. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, well, it's beautiful. I want to say a masterpiece. <laughs> Thanks. It, but it's such a moody, like, beautiful oh, the artwork. show. The artwork yeah. and the anyway, characters. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah, I could that's, see this that's a, kind of fitting that in. Was that was really fitting. Yes, it is kind of similar to Over the Garden Wall, where it's like, it's kind of creepy, but not really, because mm-hmm. it's also just enjoyable. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's really good. I would put it in that category. Very nice. So, it was a nice, enjoyable read. I don't have a ton to say about it just because I don't want to. You don't want to spoil I don't want to spoil parts of the story that were very you enjoyable. You want someone else to enjoy it as much as you did. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, this is kind of a little bit of a shorter episode. That's okay. And, you know, Ben had really good facts to give on the grinder, which is awesome because I'm yes. sure that'll really help some people who um, have questions about that. So that's awesome. And, I mean, I think I do want to keep the book stuff short today just because, yeah, I just say if you want something that's unique and moody kind of creepy but in an enjoyable way (laughs) not actually scary and you know like there's some there's some good it's refreshing too to read something that's a little different like if you're used to reading if you read horror or suspense and that kind of stuff and you're used to reading this you know the psychological or the thriller crime all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff it's probably really refreshing to throw it mix it up and throw in a young adult fantasy borderline moody horror mm-hmm. genre and, flick in there and the thing that's nice too is i think the author did a really good job with Rin because she is this young woman who really holds her own very mm-hmm. well so she has an axe that she adores because yeah. it protects her and she knows how to handle it is that her father's and, axe um i don't think so i was just curious she has a spoon that was her father's oh does she Cut up the bone houses with the spoon. <laughs> no. Attack them with the spoon and. No, no. no. Okay, because I no. would. I'm just saying. <laughs> and you and the bone houses. My father's spoon. <laughs> but anyway, she holds her own very well. And actually, when she first meets the male protagonist, his name is Ellis. He's the map maker. Um, when she first meets him, she comes across him. He doesn't know anything about the forest. He's camping in the area. And he gets attacked by a bone house. Bro, that would be a shock. In the middle of the night, he gets attacked Fudge. by this dead man. Oh and Ren happens to be in the area, so she comes, she saves his life. Okay, that was another question I had. Like, are all like are the bone houses bad? Like, do they attack you? Mm-hmm. It's just some, some of, of them, them, just the ones that are bad okay, in life. So I mean, you know. And, I mean, and you don't want to spoil I This get isn't it, a huge spoiler. It's just that you find out that they're just 
They're people. They're the same dead as they were alive. So, for instance, the one that attacked Ellis. Do they he, talk or anything? No, they don't okay. talk. I mean, you know, they, they move their bones around like their jaws, but they can't speak. Fun. So they're like skeletons, you know. But, uh... <laughs> Um, no, so, like, for instance, the one that she comes across, Ellis, when she first, meet, first meets him, there's one attacking him, and, you know, it's just kind of, you just presume that was a robber or something that died yeah. on the road, oh, and so okay. he just so does that. stuck doing the same thing that he did. I mean, there's, if, if they're a bad person, they're just still like that after they die. You know? How did you two meet? Well, that's a funny story, actually. I was being attacked by a dead guy. <laughs> In the middle of a camping trip. And Ren killed him again. In my tent. And this yep. dead guy walks in. <laughs> the next thing I know, this girl with the spoon walks in. And <laughs> her father's spoon. <laughs> and then chops it up with an axe. and The spoon? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the bone house. Mm, uh, Why would she chop up her spoon? I mean, it was I her father's. Why, does she, no, I was Why would she do that? <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, she... Treated my wounds and fed me soup with her father's spoon. Oh, okay. That didn't sound dirty at all. That's a weird turn. <laughs> it's a love story. The bone houses. Featuring the spoon. Oh, gosh. Oh, um, so just so you guys Starring know. Starring Kristen Stewart. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> just so you guys know. She's really attached to that spoon. We... We're recording this at one it's, in the morning. It's one o'clock in the morning. I have to go to work at six. <laughs> hey, my life. Because this is our life right now. It's another reason I didn't drink coffee in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been really five bad. Five hours. Yeah, oh, so yeah. this is the only time we could find to record this episode. Because uh, that's what our week has been like. That's how busy we are. Because... Someone is in the middle of publishing their next book. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it? Is it me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's you. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. You're the someone. Yeah. This this past week, thank you. <laughs> this past week has been really busy. I mean, yeah. uh, for Ben too. We've both just been doing all kinds of stuff and a lot of a lot of. Good stuff, stuff going on. It's good though. Yeah. So we um at our in our coffee shops, uh we test all of our baristas and they have to go through a test in order to work on the bar. So we've been doing a lot mm -hmm. of testing, getting everyone up to par and it's really good. And then in the middle of that, Hogan's freaking writing a book. <laughs> it's her second novel and she just released the title. Mhm. Mm the Yesterday. Yeah. So if you want to find out what the title of Hogan's next book is, <laughs> uh, all you have to do is go to She Breathes in Ink on Instagram, mm -hmm. or you can find Hogan on Facebook and find out what the title of her next novel is. <laughs> yeah. That, that's Shameless exciting. plug. Yeah. And that's why you're my PR manager. Yes, I am. Is that what it's called? If you want Hogan to come to your city or your favorite bookstore and do a book signing, oh just gosh. reach out to me. Yeah. We will make that happen. Yes, yes, we will. <laughs> yeah, we're we're working on a lot together, and some exciting things are coming soon. Um, you know, my novel will be out later this summer. 
you know, Ben's doing some exciting things that we'll be announcing soon, too, mm-hmm. in the coffee world. I'll probably wait till after it happens yeah. to talk about it, just because I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, you know, like, uh, so that's that's why we've been so busy lately, and that's why we're recording at 1 in the morning. Yay. Because um, sleep is for the week. This is what we did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if, uh, anyone, if you are interested in getting a grinder for your home or something like that, there are some great tutorials on different styles of grinders on YouTube. Of course, I mention a lot of the same guys. Um, you can go watch videos by James Hoffman. He reviews different types of grinders. Um, you can watch some videos by Lance Hedrick. He reviews products and stuff he doesn't necessarily review products but he talks about what he's using Mm -hmm. and how he does stuff he does a lot of espresso stuff but he also does pour overs and other coffee tips and stuff like that um Gwillem davies is another good world barista champion who has a lot of good insight and coffee tips and brewing and all that kind of stuff so uh you guys can get on youtube um Find a lot of cool stuff, look at grinders, find out what works best for you and your budget and also for what you need. And yeah, have fun. This is a yeah. fun part of kind of designing how you want your coffee life. Totally. To you look. can find anything to fit your need. So I think at this point we're just rambling. I so. think we are. <laughs> and we meant to make this a shorter episode, but... 45 minutes oh later. Oh my gosh. And I'm... I'm starting to fall asleep. So, yeah. anyway, guys, right. for and also go read the Bone Houses. I know I didn't talk much about it, but it was it was really neat. It was a really good read. It's very enjoyable and unique. That's a uh, that's all we got to give you today. Yeah, that's it. That's all you get. <laughs> um, we are gonna go to bed. Uh, but yep. you know, before we do, just a reminder: make sure to. Go follow us both on Instagram if you ever want to connect. If you ever have any questions about coffee, questions about reading or writing or anything like that, I'm on Instagram as at she breeds and ink. Ben is at Ben underscore Burley. We're both on TikTok and we're trying to do some cool mm-hmm. things on there. So until next Thursday, I'm Hogan the Bookworm. And I'm Ben the Barista. <laughs> <laughs> and good night. And cue the music. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>